Rise above, train hard, dream big. The RTD Podcast with Tam and Dez. Rise, train, dream with your hosts, Dez and Tam. So, don't unfollow us, don't hate us, because this episode may ruffle a few feathers, but because we are in the health space We did think it was something important to talk about, and I have had a lot of questions surrounding it over the years. Um, But first of all, off the bat, we are not medical professionals. None of what we are about to say is medical advice. So please just keep that in mind. But today we wanted to dive into eating disorders and kind of some of the challenges and things they go around that. Um, and like I said, very controversial topic. And I know this might offend some people, but I personally feel that in the last few years with the rise of social media, that eating disorders and just, you know, mental disorders in general have gotten way too much hype. Like everybody has an eating disorder. Everybody has body dysmorphia. And the reality of things is that's just not true. Um, And we went and just kind of researched this a little bit. And like, if you know anything about psychology or whatnot, you know, disorders are classified in the DSMV, I believe it's called. And to have an actual full-blown eating disorder, it has to be a behavioral condition that's characterized by severe, persistent disturbance in your eating behaviors and is associated with distressed emotions and thoughts. Um, And this type of disorder can affect your physical, psychological, and social function. Mm -hmm. I do believe all of us have a touch of maybe disordered eating. Bad relationship with food. definitely do every once in a while. For example, my darling husband Clint was cooking some asparagus the other day on the barbecue and it was sizzling and popping and cracking and I looked and I'm like, what are you cooking that in? He's like, oh, butter. Okay, well, how much? Half a cup or half a stick? And I was like, ooh. Like immediately I was like, I don't know if I can eat that. Does that give me an eating disorder? No, No, it gives me a healthy consciousness when it comes to the food that I'm eating. And a lot of the times I feel like people will look at a food and say, oh, that's good or bad. And we've been conditioned to not think that way. If you're thinking a food is good or bad, you might have an eating disorder. And then people will think, oh, I have an eating disorder now because I think that foods are good or bad. No, it's you can have a bad relationship with food. Very different than an eating disorder. A hundred percent. Like. And just like in that blurb that I just said, it is severe and it persists. Like it doesn't just happen every once in a while. Like when you see a plate of donuts put in front of you and you go, I don't know, that's a lot of sugar in there, right? That's not an eating disorder. That's more you being like aware of certain foods. Yeah. And why personally I feel like I can speak on this topic is because I would say I had a borderline eating disorder. Um, But I still won't sit here and classify myself as having it. Because if you look also at, like, the different types of eating disorders, there's, like, anorexia, where you essentially starve yourself. There's bulimia, where you'll make yourself throw up after eating. 
there are, you know, very severe binge restrict ones. And I think maybe that's where, like, people will put themselves in, in the, like, binge restrict one. But again, it is severe. And so back to my own personal story, when I was modeling, doing high fashion modeling, at the beginning, I would not say I had any real issues with food. I just started paying to my paying attention to my nutrition more. However, when I got deeper into it and I got really obsessed with my body image, there were times where I would have, you know, fashion weeks. I'd go do a fashion week where I was walking in shows, you know, three, four days in a row, and I would not eat anything or very little for those three to four days. Like, you know, and there was food that actually was provided for the models. Like, you know, they'd have wraps or, you know, vegetables or whatever it was. And I would look at the food and be like, oh, I can't eat that because it's going to make me bloat or it's... too many calories right so I definitely had a very disordered look at food but again I wouldn't classify myself as having a disorder because you know that was one week out of the year that that happened where I was very much restricting myself um, to an extent where it was unhealthy I'm not going to say that was a (laughs) that was healthy by any means but I'm still not going to sit here and be like yeah I had an eating disorder was I close yeah But also, like, to be classified as a disorder, you're going to probably need some kind of therapy to help you get out of that because your thought patterns are so messed up, right? Like, I do, I have known people personally that have an eating disorder, and they usually get hospitalized and have to go through treatment like, you know, somebody, a recovering drug addict. Yeah. Right? So... I don't like that, I don't know if it's social media is to blame or the fitness industry itself, for almost overpopularizing this type of stuff. Yeah, so you and I have had a lot of one-on-one personal discussions about this topic because we are both trainers and we both have been on many consultation calls or sat with many clients, potential clients, and the topic will come up about tracking food. So tracking food is just a tool that we use to measure energy balance in the body. And it is important to know how much energy you're getting in and how much energy you're burning off. If you don't know, you don't know. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a consultation with somebody who has said, oh, I don't track my food because I used to have an eating disorder when I was 15. They're now 40. Um, And it's, to me an excuse to not take accountability and and i it's a very sensitive topic because i don't always know how to approach it like did you really have an eating disorder or is this just a really uncomfortable topic that you're not comfortable talking about and i think you're you hit the nail on the head with it is uncomfortable to talk about because you don't want to Like, if somebody actually did, like, you know, if someone was hospitalized with anorexia when they were younger, you don't want to call them out and be like, I call bullshit. Yeah. Right? Like, you you want to be, like, empathetic, right? But, and I feel like there's ways to approach it. Like, you can dig a little bit deeper and be like, okay, what do you mean by that? Yes. Right? Like, were you hospitalized? Did you have to do treatment? Because if, if you didn't, again, you don't or you never had an eating disorder, you might have tendencies of one or behaviors that are kind of associated with them. 
but you did not have a full-blown clinical condition. Um, and like Tam said, I do feel like people kind of use it as a cop-out, mm-hmm. right? Like, because food tracking, again, if you have a bad mindset about it, it's going to be hard. Maybe it's just, it's not something you're used to. It's not a behavior you do all the time, right? It's not a habit you're used to. So then we start using these things like, oh, well, I have an eating disorder, so I can't do that. Um, and again, here, I now go from both ends of this one. There was a period in my life after I had that struggle with eating that I, I took time off of tracking food because it became too obsessive for me, right? That every, I would look at everything that was going in and I'd be like, oh my God, I went five grams over on carbs, <laughs> right? So I can be empathetic from both ends of this that sometimes there can be a lot of anxiety that gets caused by this, but I also think this happens because an improper approach is being taken to it in the first place, right? So a client example that I have is somebody who had worked with multiple coaches in the past. And when I spoke to her on the phone about all these different diets and different approaches she had tried, I could tell that the people she worked with just didn't really care, Mm. right? They just, here's my program, follow it, and maybe you'll get results type, right? And so, like, I felt life felt for that one. Right. And, you know, again, she had a lot of anxiety around it because obviously none of these things had ever worked. So I took it a step back and I said, you know what? All I want you to do is focus on protein. Mm -hmm. All of the other stuff, like throw it out the window. You know, a lot of these free apps that you use for tracking your food, you can actually take away like carbs, fats. You don't have to have all of that stuff listed. Yeah. I just wanted her to focus on like one thing. I'm like, you know what? Let's just focus on protein. And for the first like two months, that's what we did. And then that fear went away. And then we were able to slowly work back in the other stuff because that anxiety and that fear around everything that was going into her body was gone. Yeah. And I find that a lot of parents kind of put it on their kids too like to protect them from some sort of eating disorder like I'll be on the consultation calls with clients be like okay I'm gonna need you to track your food well we don't diet in this house because I don't want to give my children uh the diet culture it goes both ways I think with parents they can they can have bad habits either way I really do feel like it's the way you look about with the way you think about it and the way you look at it at it because if you are trying to be healthier, you're conscious of that. I don't see that being a bad thing, and I don't see that giving your kids uh, a bad relationship with food. It's teaching your kids healthy consciousness with food. Like you should be conscious of the foods that you're putting into your body. Uh, for example, got to make better choices, right? Yeah, like. Teach your children how to read food labels properly. Not all sodas, for example, are the same. Like we went to the store the other day and checking out the food labels on the sodas. And one of the sodas had 52 grams of sugar. Looked just like the other ones. But just by looking at the food labels, we could see that one choice was a lot better than the other. And some of my potential clients or clients 
don't even like reading food labels because they get triggered. And that, like the avoidance of knowledge to me is detrimental to your potential. Oh, 100%. And like well, goals, right? One of my biggest things is you need to be aware. And this is where so many people lack, I think, in life in general. This is it's where just, it's going to get tough love. <laughs> I can feel it's it. It's just being aware yeah. of things, right? Like, I feel like we all have avoidant personality traits. Yeah. But the less aware you are, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to say it. Cause, like, you can't <laughs> read a food label and you can't track your food because you're too scared that you might give yourself an eating disorder. Like, I think you just need to get comfortable with doing uncomfortable things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times I think we talk ourselves into these disorders or into these health problems by the way we're thinking about it. And if you can just change the way you think about it, it might not be a problem. Well, yeah, like if you say this is something I do with all of my clients, I look at food as fuel. Yes. Right. So I try to change people's perspective on it. Like we're not looking at food as to help you lose weight. I want you to look at food as fuel for your day. So then I use the analogy where I'm like, okay, is that fuel premium you're putting in your body or is it low grade marked purple fuel or whatever (laughs) that is, right? Like the cheap stuff, right? Because sure, maybe that cheap stuff will get you from point A to point B, but is the engine running at full speed in the best condition it can? Yeah. Probably not. And then there's the whole social aspect of it that, well, for example, when we went out for dinner, we went to a friend's birthday party, two trainers show up to a birthday party and all of a sudden everybody's very self-conscious of the food that's on their plate. And here we are putting back beers and burgers. (laughs) Beers, burgers, fries. Uh, Somebody even ordered broccoli with their burger and we're both like... Did they do that just because we were here? I don't know. I think so. Well, it made you feel awkward. A distorted like way of eating not an eating disorder but i think social situations make people feel weird sometimes they do and i think it can make it can make or break right like a lot of people will eat not that great of food or drink copious amounts of alcohol because they're afraid to say you know what no i'm good you know that donut is gonna do nothing for me or I even I don't even like donuts like I don't like donuts yeah so anytime they're brought to me I'm like I'm good and then people will be like oh whatever you fitness freak I just don't like donuts (laughs) I feel like people are gonna judge you anyway (laughs) either you eat the donut or you don't eat the donut they're gonna have something to say and it that it really does come down to just because how you feel well exactly and that's the thing is like you know drinking that copious amounts of alcohol just because you were too afraid to say no how are you going to feel after you do that? Yeah. Probably like garbage, right? So why don't you just get the hard part over at the start and just say no, right? Like I have a similar story where I showed up to a friend's birthday party and I was eating a piece of cake and everybody there, because they know like my whole story, <laughs> they used to see how I used to eat disorderly. They're like, oh my God, you're eating cake? Yeah. Well, now I don't feel bad that I'm eating cake and I'm like... <laughs> Why would you feel bad in the first place about eating cake? Like, it's a birthday. Like, I think it's quite common for people to feel bad or to feel 
insecure about what they're eating. Maybe they don't know if what they're eating is healthy or not. And they, you know, just... And I do blame the fitness industry for that because there's been, I mean, diets have been around for every, for years, right? You got the Atkins diet, the keto diet, the grass-fed diet, like, right? They've been around forever. And it is hard to sift through the BS, Yeah. right? Like, one minute eggs are bad for you. And I swear to God, if I hear one more person say that eggs are bad, I'm going to slap them. (laughs) because eggs like whole eggs there's nothing wrong with whole eggs so everybody needs to drop that one (laughs) yeah but that's also that i believe is the fitness industry to blame for that because you know some of these like mlm companies that are just selling you products they got to stand out somehow so how are you going to stand out We'll put something out there that's outlandish. Oh, man. And hopefully everybody buys into it. The fitness industry is the most confusing industry, I think. If you're just a beginner trying to figure out, like, to navigate what's good for you and what isn't good for you. What 100%. So, tracking your food is, I just, I highly recommend that you track your food. And if you had an eating disorder when you're 15 and you're now 40, give it another shot. Like, be brave. Let's, let's do this. And... Sometimes you have to just be strong. Like you're going to have these feelings come over you sometimes and find a way to cope with it. Probably not with food. But. And like I said, like, please stop using, please stop classifying behaviors, like slightly disordered behaviors around food as an eating disorder. Yeah. And if you actually think you have a big issue, please seek out help. Because that's not something a trainer, a coach, a nutritionist are probably going to be able to help you with. That is going to need to be some, like, mental therapy. Yeah. Right? Like, if it is that severe. But if you can't sit there and admit that it's that severe, well, we're coming back to it. Guess what? You don't have an eating disorder. Yeah. There are things that bother me, like, in social settings where me as a trainer... I will go out to a dinner or whatever, family, friends, and people look at my plate and analyze my plate. I hate that. I don't like that. Like, it puts me in a spot where I feel uncomfortable. And maybe it's because we're trainers that people feel like they can, like, judge what's on our plate. But keep in mind, if you are going out for dinner with somebody or if you're having somebody over, it's not really appropriate to comment on how much food that person's eating or or how fast they're eating or if they're going for seconds or if they're going to have that dessert i feel like a lot of comments really trigger people's insecurities and therefore can lead to disordered eating oh 100 percent. like if every time you go out for dinner somebody is commenting on what you're eating and not a comment like hey how's your food taste yeah right or like it is going to, if you keep hearing it, it's either one, going to make you want to avoid the social situations altogether, or two, you might start actually thinking, oh, am I making bad decisions here? Yeah. Right? Like, so I think, especially when it comes to, like, food, like, keep your opinions to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, like, there's no real reason that you need to make that comment mm-hmm. ever. 
that being said, say you are a parent or you have a significant other or somebody that you really do care about and you're concerned, how would you approach that? Uh, and that's like a different story. And that's something that 100% should be done in private, right? Yeah. Like you don't need to be calling somebody out in public. Like, should you really be eating those fries, honey? Right? Like it's like people might already be questioning what they're eating and then you go and add your negative opinion on top of it right it's something that should be approached like like i said in um private and that's a hard one and honestly i i wouldn't say i would even really know how to approach that other than telling being vulnerable and telling them you're worried about their health so don't ever comment, you know, they say, like, never comment on a girl's weight. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't comment on somebody's weight or appearance directly, like, hey, you're getting fat. You should yeah. probably slow down on the beer, right? Like, that's not a good way to approach something. It's like, hey, you know, I've noticed that, you know, you just seem really low energy lately. And, like, I'm just really worried about your health, right? Like, there's... Or even if you do think somebody might have an eating disorder, right? Like where they're restricting themselves. It's like, I'm worried for you and your health. Yeah. Like don't approach it in a negative way. And let's get to the restriction because mm-hmm. I have gone through phases in my life where I have restricted food. And do I have an eating disorder? No. I just was restricting a little bit of my energy intake for reasons because like maybe I wanted to lose a couple pounds or whatever the reason is doesn't give you an eating disorder if you fast for a couple of days no and even like same thing so I have a couple clients that are in what I would call a cut right now like trying to lose body fat yeah and you know there are some things that I will tell them like I don't think you should ever have to remove like every like certain food out of a diet but I'm like you know, find some staples that are, you know, healthier, more quality items. And we might have to cut back. Like if they're a soda drinker, right? You might have to cut back on that. And eventually, hopefully you can remove it because if it has 52 grams of sugar per serving, like. <laughs> Terrible. Not quality. No. Right. So, yeah, like you just you have to be careful about that one. Yeah, and I think awareness is key. A lot of people are just so afraid to even look. I I think, I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people aren't aware. Like, awareness is one of my favorite things to talk about in life. (laughs) Like, I love talking about how, like, unaware people are of just everyday events. But the more aware you are, the better you can make decisions yeah right and i like i don't see the point of not being aware like and i guess you said like it's fear that might be holding you back it's like oh i just don't want to know it's like people having fear of stepping on the scale right like i don't want to know it's like well okay so how are we gonna know if we're losing weight yeah if things are moving in the right direction if we don't eventually step on there Yeah, I've definitely gone through phases too where I'll be tracking my food and then I'll do something that's like throwing my meals off, like just crush like a family-sized bag of Doritos or something. I'm like, that's not going in my fitness pal. 
And you do feel that, like, a little bit of guilt. But totally. it's the awareness, right? Like, you do have a guilty conscience because you did something you shouldn't have done. Totally. That's not an eating disorder. That's just normal. No. And the say. more aware of it, like, if you were unaware that you just crushed an entire bag of Doritos, that's a little bit more of a problem. Yeah. Right? Um, but, yeah, awareness is key, especially in this like you have to be aware if it's actually a problem and you have to be aware of you know the everything and like you said back to like nutrition labels like that's one of the easiest things to do and I don't know why people avoid looking at nutrition labels because that can save you so much time oh if you're not going to be tracking your food please Learn how to read nutrition labels because it is real. Nothing is created equal. The pastas, the pasta sauces, the different types of milk in the grocery store, the yogurts. Yogurts are a big one. Um, But, you know, we have so many choices now for everything. Toothpaste, juice, um, to not read labels could be detrimental like you could be saving yourself like hundreds of calories a day just by picking a different brand of sauce oh 100 percent. yeah yeah i just wouldn't notice so i think maybe like a closing point for this one like again number one please don't classify yourself as having an eating disorder if you haven't actually you know gone the full way to assessing what the problem is yeah um again i'm sorry if that offends anybody but that's just the reality of it is, feels like an excuse it sometimes. has to be it it really does it almost it's it kind of is almost like a pull um for sympathy mm-hmm. i i feel like some people use it like you they want they throw it out there because they want you and i'm not saying in all cases but it's almost like a sympathy pull like please be gentle with me like yeah exactly like or, again, like you said, they just want to avoid doing something like food tracking. Oh, that's hard. Okay, well, actually, I had an eating disorder, right? Like, it's, like, the same as people who use, like, you know, oh, I had a bad childhood, therefore, I'm never going to succeed in life. I had a bad knee when I was 20. I can't run. Again, those are, it's, like, it's <laughs> a, a bit of a sympathy pull, yeah. and it's, like, no. But, like, you know, if you did have an actual eating disorder that's a different story and if you actually do think you have something severe it's persistent and it literally like if it makes you avoid social situations and you know you have so much fear around any food that's put in front of you that might be more of an issue please go seek help another thing i don't think it should be a life sentence like if you do have an eating disorder or disordered eating do the work to improve your mindset do the work to get over that just like you know you might have a problem getting to the gym well it's the same amount of work just different type of work totally and then i mean okay so if you do have a bad relationship with food or you have behavioral patterns that are negative towards food start slow right like don't be tracking every macro right off the bat you know trying to hit a specific number if people are having like struggles with this what i tell you to do number one set ranges so let's take calories for example because and here's the thing if you go and use five online calorie calculators they're probably all going to give you a number that's just slightly different yeah right so if you set ranges say 
you use one, it gives you 2,000 calories. Take 100 plus and minus it on each side. So now your range is 1,900 to 2,100. Simple, right? Mm -hmm. And then that takes away the pressure of, oh my God, I went over 2,000. Like, my life is done. Yeah. Right? So start slow. Like, set ranges on certain things and maybe just focus on, you know, protein or even overall calories. That's a good place to start. Like, just focus on overall calories. Forget the macros. Just get calories on point. Yeah. Because really, if you're looking to lose body fat or you know, looking to gain weight, whether, whatever, whatever it is, it's, that's a good place to start because that's going to be the most important. Yeah. And just, you know, personal accountability, like you have to sometimes be uncomfortable to grow. So I challenge you to change your mindset and uh, do the things that are hard. Exactly. And uh, rise up. Yeah. (laughs) So here, um, we talked about doing this at the end of each podcast is sharing a personal story, um, you know, that relates to the topic of a time where we either rose above, we trained hard, accomplished something, or we dreamt big and made it happen. So I can share my own personal story of rising above, you know, bad eating habits and behavioral tendencies that I had. You know, I was in a very bad place where it was very overwhelming. You know, food tracking was really hard for me for like five years. I lived this lifestyle and now I'm at a place where I can eat whatever I want. I can have a slice of pizza. I can eat a burger and I am not worried about it one single bit. So I was able to, you know, rise above all of those negative emotions around food. I love it. Great. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Rise, Train, Dream. Thanks again for listening in, everyone. And remember, if you or somebody that you love and care about may be struggling with an eating disorder, please, we highly suggest seek professional help. If this episode brought you value, remember to share it out to your social media accounts and tag either me or Tam, DHPT Muscle and Strength, and train with Tam. And remember, leave us a review and follow the podcast on whatever platform that you listen on. Every little bit of support is much appreciated. We'll catch you next time on the Rise Train Dream podcast.